Welcome to the Steel Flyers Podcast. I'm your host, the original Steel Flyer, here today to enlighten you on the Pittsburgh Steelers and the Philadelphia Flyers and everything in between. All right, thank you very much for joining us. This is our very first podcast. I would also like to introduce to you the lovely and delightful niece will be joining us today on this podcast. Say hello. Hello. All right. We're going to get into a bunch of great things today. First thing we're going to get into, probably, or maybe, depending on how things go. First thing we're going to get into, though, is probably the return of Formula One. We're going to get into some flyer updates, some of the hub cities, and all the buzz going on around that. Definitely going to talk about potentially round-robin matchups. That would be good. Right, for for the flyers coming up. We're going to definitely talk about the cancellation of the Hall of Fame game and all the ceremonies. Yeah, that was... Very devastating. That That's hard, because we had actually talked about going to that. Yeah, 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 we we're going to gonna try and go to that one, but uh, not not this not happening this time. And uh, we're also going to talk about the upcoming season for the Pittsburgh Steelers. Uh, get into the... Uh, getting the prepping and, and getting ready for the season. Getting ready for the season, and... We might also get into the first four game predictions of the season. The first four. The first four. Oh, yeah. Stay tuned for that. So we're going to get right into it. First first thing we're going to say is that we got sports. We got racing. Yay. We got Formula One on track in real, Austria. Real racing. Real racing. Open wheel racing. They're making another left turn. <laughs> Yeah, this one here is uh, going to be in Austria. Okay. Um, it's the Red Bull Ring. I didn't realize there was a Red Bull Ring. Well, they're calling it that because that's where the home of uh, the Red Bull Racing Team is. Oh, okay. So it's called the Red Bull Ring. There's a big giant like bronze statue there of a of a, a big bull. of a bull. Yeah, of a bull. It wasn't <laughs> like some like cartoon with wings, you know, because Red Bull gives you wings. Yeah, right. No. <laughs> No, it wasn't a cartoon of that, no, but it, it's a big giant bull. But it's a it's a good track. It's okay. a really good track. It's fast track, and um, it's going to be without fans. Of course. Um, but we are going to have Formula One will be on track. Sebastian Vettel, his farewell tour with Ferrari. Has uh, he, he still hasn't found another car for next year, though, has he? No, he hasn't. Um, and there probably won't be any announcement of that until um, probably later on down the road, just because with the way the coronavirus has canceled or postponed a lot of things, um, we're, we would probably be getting into the silly season coming up here probably after the normal August break Right is when we get into the silly season where we start talking about who's going to be driving for who in the next coming years. Right. But we're, we're probably not going to have that because we only have eight, eight races right. so far. So far. So far, okay. So we have uh, Austria as the first race coming up. Um, that's going to happen this coming weekend, uh, the weekend of the 4th of July. Yeah. So. Okay. That's not this weekend. That's next weekend. No, that's this coming weekend. Okay. This coming weekend. You're right. I'm sorry. July. Yep. I really honestly do not know what day it is anymore. <laughs> sorry. Yeah, really. <laughs> I just have no clue. Okay, so who's taking over for Sebastian Vettel? We don't know yet. Okay. Well, actually, no, that's not true. We do. Uh, he was signed um, 
gosh, it's been about a month ago. Because they have Leclerc. Yeah, Charles Leclerc. Leclerc, that's yep, it. Yep, Charles Leclerc. Um, great driver, good kid. Um, he's been doing really well in the uh, virtual driving uh, season. They came out and did uh, a bunch of uh, virtual races. Some of the drivers came out. Some of the past drivers came out. We watched a couple of those. Yeah, we, we, we tried to watch some of those, and they were just... It's like watching a video game, and you're not playing. Which you do not like. Yeah, that's not fun. <laughs> that's not fun at all. So, but... Yeah, Carlos Sainz is going to be the driver for Ferrari next year. So it'll be Carlos Sainz and uh, Charles Leclerc. Will Who be... does Carlos drive for right now? I believe he drives for the uh, McLaren team. I will double check. Yeah, I'm pretty sure he drives for the McLaren team. And that's where um, Smiley's going, right? Yeah, Ricardo. Right. Yeah, Ricardo's going to go there. He's going to leave Renault, and he's going to go there and take over for, for that. And so it's it's going to be really interesting because there's not going to be any seats available. Right. That's why I'm wondering where really, he does drive from McLaren, by the way. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So there's not going to be any seats available for Sebastian in 2021. So it's going to be interesting to see if if Hamilton stays Which he probably at Mercedes. Will. He, or he, if Botas stays at Mercedes, because that really would be the only place, because he's already been with Red Bull. Right. I mean, he won his four championships with Red Bull, so... And they're not at the level that they were when he was winning, are they? And I really don't think that him and Verstappen would be a good combination to put together as a team. <laughs> that would be almost as bad as the Fernando Alonso and uh, and Lewis Hamilton when they were driving for uh, McLaren. Oh my gosh, that was that was just horribly horrendous. That that was just ugly. It so was just ugly, huh? Yeah, that was really bad. By the way, I have a a quote from Pedro de la Rosa. Pedro de la Rosa. Yes. Anyone who believes Ferrari signed Carlos signs. To be a number two driver knows very little about Ferrari. <laughs> or about Carlos Sainz, because Carlos Sainz, very good driver. Um, I I like what Ferrari is doing. They're going young. Yeah. The, I, Carlos Sainz, up and comer. I mean, he's been driving really well. I, I It's going to be interesting to see with him, with him with a car underneath him. Right. And now he's going to be at Ferrari. I mean, that's... Should be should prove to be interesting. I I just hope that he can learn to rein it in a little bit. Um, not, I mean, guys that are a little bit younger um, tend to take a little bit more risks. And now with a little bit more experience under his belt, um, it'll be nice to see him still take the risk, but still be safe and still be able to bring the car home. Right to have a driver that knows how to handle the car. Not that Sebastian Vettel doesn't, but. They've had so many technical issues the last couple of years, so that would be nice to see them to recover from that. Yeah, it'll be nice, and it's going to be interesting to see how this uh, this season pans out because they're going to do some some interesting things. That uh, they've only selected, I believe, five tracks, and they're going to run multiple races at each track. One, so the first two races are going to be in Austria. So they're staying in the same location yeah. and then moving, not yeah. moving and coming back. Yeah. Oh, okay. So that's going to be interesting to see how that's going to work. Okay. So, I mean, hey, throw me the one. All we'll, right. We'll, we'll take that. Hey, there's cars racing. That's, you know. 
Exactly. Cars on track, uh, qualifying, um, practice qualifying, um, starting up, uh, I believe, on Friday. Okay. So that'll be the day one. We'll have practice, uh, and then we'll go into Saturday. We'll have qualifying, and then Sunday will be the race, as far as I know. Go fast day. Go fast day. Uh, we'll put it on the line, and when, when the lights go out, we see the, the cars roll on. So here we go. Let's... You know, Formula One. That'll be nice to have something that exciting. Agreed. And, you know, look, when you watch it from the television point of view, you don't really see a lot of the fans to a certain extent. Right. You, when there's certain tracks that you like, especially this track, uh, the, the, the Red Bull ring or the uh, Austrian track where they're going to be is... There's a lot of grandstands, so you're gonna not. You, when you see it from the TV, you don't necessarily see the people unless they do the other parts of the track where they're like lined up on the grass, right, and the the side of the hills and everything. It's you always know? so fun though to see them holding up the giant Ferrari flag, or right, you know, or or the you know the orange. Verstappen uh, yeah. gang shooting off their, their smoke bombs or whatever. Yeah, you're not going to see that. So, no. I mean, um, it, it. we're just happy there's racing. Yeah, we're just happy there's racing, and so we'll take that, and uh, we'll, we'll be glad to, to see them guys out on the track. Right. So, so, now that we have Formula One, let's talk about the next sport we might be able to see coming soon. What would that be? Well, that would be the NHL. Oh, that means we get to see our Flyers playing. That's right. We get to see the uh, Philadelphia Flyers. Uh, that would be great um, seeing them, guys. Uh, we're approaching Phase 3 is coming up here potentially in 11 days. Um, so July 10th is supposed to be the start of the Phase 3, and that has to be voted on by the NHLPA and the NHL. Okay. So that has to be voted on that and, and until for them to move forward. So... One of the things that we have to say about the Philadelphia Flyers that is so much awesome, great news, is Oscar Lindblom was out on the ice skating. That was amazing. Yeah, super amazing. I mean, after everything that that kid has been through and, and the treatments and everything, like he's still not done yet as far as we know, um, but he said that he's close right. to being done. Uh, you know what I mean? And um, so, But that was still just, he was out there skating for about 35, 40 minutes he was up on his skates, um, slap shots. So, I mean, that was just great to see. I'm sure he was ecstatic. <laughs> well, I'm I'm sure that uh, I'm sure Flyer Flyer Nation was ecstatic. <laughs> uh, in fact, I know they were. Um, the The Twitter world was all ablaze, and and so was the NHL world was all ablaze. Right. Uh, he was the top story when Lynn Blom was out there skating, and, and as it rightfully should be. Right. I mean, that's a great story. We need good news, right? So Yeah, we do. We do need some good news. And seeing him out there skating, look, even though it's not going to be for this year, okay? I know. Um, it's and, and that's a real shame. It's not going to be for this year. Um, but uh, Better safe than sorry. Get healthy. Well, I mean, you know, he's still going through treatment. I think his treatment is finished. Mm-mm, not yet. It's not, but close to being done. Yeah, like he, I think uh, the last quote that I read um, from the, the great... Jamie Baskow was uh, had had a great interview uh, update on him that uh, he was um, still has uh, one or two more treatments left. 
Oh, okay. Yeah. So uh, he's still going through the treatments, and but until he's done, but seeing him out there up on his skates and slap shots, 35, 40 minutes, that's that was just great. I, I right. you know, kudos. Exactly. You know, and, I, and I'll tell you what, uh, it's like I said on the uh, the grittiest take uh, podcast that I did with uh, Andrew and Joe uh, the other day, um, that if Lindblom were to come back, it would be completely. This, yeah, it would be a game changer. He he just having him back on the ice for this season definitely would be, you know, oh my gosh. Could you imagine? No. I'm, okay, look, I believe he played uh, about 20 games for us when he went down. Right. 12 goals in that's, 20 games. That's pretty good, right? As a rook. Hey. <laughs> oh, scary. Scary, scary. So, there's, in fact, uh, the NHL actually increased the number of players allowed um, now on practice ice uh, from 6 to 12. So and there are a number of Philadelphia Flyers that are in town skating at the skate zone. Um, there are no fans or anything like that, no coaches Obviously, or anything yeah. like that. Um, but we do know that um, Alex Lyon is there. We do know that Carter Hart's there. Provorov is there. Um, Lindblom was there for a little while. Um, we know that TK is skating. That's um, good. We believe that um, Hayes might be within shot. You know, so some guys are coming back and, and skating. So um, it's it's great to hear. It's great to see the guys coming back and skating. Getting, and getting ready. Getting ready. Exactly. So speaking of getting ready, have we had any news on the hub cities yet? I know some teams or some towns have been eliminated, but have they said any hints about where they're thinking? Yeah, um, just the other day, um, they eliminated Vancouver. Really? Yeah. Wow. Um, so that city has now been, I believe that's what I saw. Um, I could be wrong on that, um, but I believe that's what I saw, that Vancouver was eliminated. Um, there's my take on the hub cities. Uh, I said this uh, with uh, Perlo that I think it's going to be Vegas and, and Toronto. Because Toronto is the only eastern city. Um, and to me, it makes the most sense because that is hockey central. Right. I mean, the, that's where the Hockey Hall of Fame is. The isn't Hall, it? Hall of Fame is there. That's where the main hub of the NHL is there. That's where the war room is there. Okay. Wow. So, uh, yeah. Every time there's a call on the ice, they have to go to the war room. Oh, that's it's right. in Toronto. Said, oh, yeah. They go to the war room. Okay. okay. Yeah. So, okay. And here, check this out. And this is something, too, why I think that this city is probably going to be this, the, the Canadian city, is that the farm team for the Toronto Maple Leafs is the Toronto Marlies. Okay. Guess where they play? In Toronto? Right up the street. <laughs> Which is different than a From, lot of... Yes. Um, because we know with the Penguins, they're... Farm team is in Wilkes-Barre, which is... The other side of the state. Right. Right. And, you know... Yeah. Even and Lehigh and Philly are... are well, they're still relatively close, but Philly wasn't considered, but... Right, I know. If you look at Edmonton, okay, and... But I think their farm team plays in Utica, so that's not really... Even though Edmonton re made a really good, you know, proposal to be right. a hub city, it's on the West Coast. Or more of a central 
Right. You know, they're two hours back from us. We're on the East Coast, so they're two hours different from us. So I don't think you're going to have a central city and then a western city. No, that doesn't make sense. Right. And and so, yeah, uh, even though they're, the Edmonton is offering vacations and all kinds of stuff for the for the families. Oh, okay. Yeah, because basically they're going to be basically in a bubble. Right. Where all these players are going to come into these cities and they're just going to be there in a bubble. Right. And they're probably expecting to say, well, you can bring your families and everybody will be tested. And as long as everybody's safe and cool and negative, come and stay and, hey, have some vacations and do this and hang and do. Yeah, but then that brings up the risk of exposure and, and you know, they got to be really careful. But because if, a, if anything happens, this is yeah. the thought I had the other day. If anything happens because they brought this back, if anybody gets seriously ill or it causes an, uh, an uptick in, in virus cases, then there's going to be questions of, was this worth it? Well, if you look at what the NBA is doing, we don't and, and go I, believe, I believe they're making mistakes, and I believe they have made mistakes. I don't think that it was a good idea to bring everybody to a bubble city. Yeah, I like and the idea of two cities. But they, they're they bringing all these people from the outside, and they're coming into a bubble, and they're being tested. And now I believe the percentage of uh, positive cases right now I think is like at 5% of the players that are coming into the bubble city that are being tested right now, of those players, 5% of them are testing positive. Right. It, and again, you have to make the distinction of, you know, you might test positive, but you may be asymptomatic. And then it just... Whether you're asymptomatic or not, if you have a positive test, you are automatically quarantined for 14 days, whatever the, right. you know, whatever the protocols are. That's... But that doesn't make any sense, though. Yeah. And... and that's why I really love what the NHL is doing. They came out and mandated exactly how they were going to do things, and they're sticking to those particular protocols where they brought all the players to their home cities, get everybody there tested negative. Before they go to the... <clears throat> Before they go to the hub cities. Right. Right. So now you got everybody in the hub cities. It's all negative now. Right. I I fail to see why that is doesn't make sense for other leagues like the NBA or even Major League Baseball or well, that's what I mean like everyone's going to be watching what's going on and who handles it the best and um hopefully please god we don't ever have to go through this again but then they'll be more prepared for another situation maybe so uh, I know um We'll see. I mean, but the fact that we're going to try to get hockey back is good. Um, July 10th marks the date of the moving of into the next phase for the NHL. That has to be approved by uh, the NHLPA and also the NHL. So that will be a vote. And I believe they need 75% in order to carry the vote. Okay. Um, so if, if 75% vote into the yay, then camps start july 10th nice okay and yeah and that means the coaches can come in and training you know more training staff and things of that nature will, will be able to come in and and be able to start doing real practices and right. 
things like that because that'll be training camp. Right. Right. Uh, training camp is going to last probably three weeks. I think that's what they schedule. Something like that. Yeah, 21 and then days. And we go into the, to the, um, the five game playoff and the top four team round robin. Yes, which is the next thing that we wanted to talk about. Right. Yes, that, that is like the perfect segue. And yes, I just said it, but uh, <laughs> uh, yeah, that's going to be because I, and I also think they're going to allow for those teams that are in the top four to play a one or a onesie twosie scrimmage game. I did see, see that, that they were going to let them just to get the rust and give them some time in a competitive yeah, before Situation. you. Yeah, exactly. You know, because you 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 just you're gonna go from not skating for four months to now you're in training camp for three weeks to now you're suddenly playing games that count. Right. That. They don't even do that normally. <laughs> well, yeah, because they usually have the the build up to. And, the and the, that's why they have the preseason, and that's why they have the preseason games, so that you have. I mean, you all you look at the preseason games and. Like, Giroux doesn't play in every preseason game. Couturier doesn't play in every preseason game. Voracek doesn't, you know, not everybody plays in every preseason game. Right. They break it up so that each different group of guys comes and plays, and, you know, so there's different guys that they get to look at. So you don't always get to see everybody playing during the preseason, but you're, you don't have that luxury. No. No. So we're going to, but here's the one thing we do have the luxury of, is everybody coming back healthy. That is a big bonus that is a huge it's a huge thing for the whole league i would say yeah the whole league how about that first time ever that we're gonna have nhl playoffs where every team is healthy coming in well as healthy as they can be you know well, yeah yeah because we don't there's still some question marks with um nolan patrick uh we're, we're not really sure yet as far as we know um that he will be on the ice, as far as we know. I just think it better just to keep him off the ice, let him finish, or, you know, get healthy. It's just such a risk to put him on the ice right now. But if the doctors say he's healthy, he could be a game changer. He could be. Because the skill set that he brings to the team, the depth that he brings to the team, the speed, the size, the scoring that he brings to the team, he is a game changer. If if he was on the ice lacing it up for the playoffs, that is a game changer swinging in our favor. Well, I, I don't want to put his health up, you know, I just... Yeah, yeah, and that's the biggest question that we have until we see the actual <laughs> proof in the pudding. Right. You know, until we see it, then then okay, you know. But until then, it's all speculation. So we hope and pray for the best. And, and whatever the doctors feel is best for him and whatever he feels is best for him, then that's what we have to support and that's what we have to right. go with. And so I'm all down for that. Okay, so let's talk about the first round. The how first you, round. You mean, you mean like the round robin games? Yes, for the Flyers. The first round for the Flyers. Yeah, I'm wondering who we're going to I'm wondering, I'm wondering how that schedule is going to pan out. That would be nice to know. Yeah, that would be nice to know. Do you, How soon do you think they'll announce that? I think we won't get that announcement until closer, okay. like maybe August. You never know with the NHL because they, they did the first 
portion of the lottery last weekend. Yeah, we'll go into that, and in, in, that's another show. Yeah, that's another show. <laughs> it's a friend of ours. <laughs> yeah, um, we're still scratching our heads on that one, but that's another show. So, but yeah, it's it's going to be interesting to know what the what the schedule is going to be, who we're going to be playing first. Honestly, who would you hope they play first? Boston. Really? Yeah. Why Boston? Because that was the last game that we played. Before... They broke our streak, right? Yes, but that was the last game that we played before the lockdown or before the stoppage or whatever. And we lost that game. And we got outplayed that game. But we also lost JVR that game. Yeah, he broke his hand. Yeah, so... That's how I'd like to see us play first, Boston. How do you think we'll do against Boston? Man. I, I'd love to say, look, there's no secret that I believe that the Philadelphia Flyers have all they need to make a deep run. And what I mean by a deep run into the playoffs, I mean like... Eastern Conference Finals deep run. Right. Carter Hart is a difference maker. Yeah, he has been. But um, Elliot's been pretty good, too. Agreed. But Carter Hart has been the goalie that we have not seen since Hexy. Yeah. <laughs> and he's and he's still young, so he has some time to mature. 21. And, yeah, and and get that skill set a little better and oh a little gosh. get a little, you know. Yeah. More I'll tell you what. The other day Jamie Bascal um uh Flyers um getting gritty came out with a great review on Carter Hart. Oh my. And he nailed it because the kid is young and He's a franchise goalie, and he has owned the Metropolitan Division this year, which is something that we have not done in a really long time. And his numbers, as Jamie pointed out, are very comparable to a certain other goalie who used to play for New Jersey. Really? Martin Brodeur. That's impressive because... (laughs) That Isn't is, Brodeur considered one of the best goalies of all time? Of all time. That's right. I mean, he was the shut, the consummate shutdown goalie that could move the puck. He could steal games. And I think Carter Hart is going to be able to do the very same thing. And I think he has. And, and I believe that the Philadelphia Flyers have all the tools and all of the coaches that in place. That has made a difference this year to make a very deep, deep run. In okay, fact, so I'm calling it right now. They're going to make a deep run? I'm No, I'm calling it right now. I'm calling the Flyers for the East. Okay. Calling the Flyers for the East. I hope you don't jinx them. How much more jinx can they be? Yeah, right, you know. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm calling the Flyers to be the representative of the East right now. Because everybody asks... 
what team scares you, what team scares you. And to be honest with you, the only team that really scares me is us. So explain something to me. Okay. What I mean by that is this. We are the only ones that can prevent us from winning. I, I, I know what you mean. Yeah. So that's that's how I feel about that. We have nothing to fear but fear itself. <laughs> well, but, you know, yeah. To, to <laughs> that was perfect. That was perfect. So if we beat Boston... In the round robin. Yeah, so back to the round robin, yeah. I'm sorry. Yeah, that's a, no, 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 my tangent, so go ahead. We beat, we play the round robin. We play all four of those teams. Three. Sorry, the other three teams. And then we go, and then the other teams do their playoff, and everybody's all set. So do we have the, is it possible that we'll have to face Boston in a seven-game series, too? Or once we do the round robin, we don't have to face those teams again? I'm, I was a little confused by that. The only way we would face Boston again is if if we made it to the conference finals. Okay, what about um, the other teams? Kind of the same boat because the top four teams are the top four seeds. Okay. And based off of how we play in that little round-robin tourney, um, we'll determine our seeding. So if we say, just, just say... We win two of those games. So we go two and two. Right. Okay. Now you have to see what the other teams go. And then whoever has the best record gets the number one seed, whoever, you know. Right, in the first, second, third, and right. fourth. Right. Okay, so. And then it goes by the number of points that you earned throughout the season for the tiebreaker. Okay. Okay, so that potentially could hurt Philadelphia. Because Philadelphia only played 69 games, where the other teams in that conference, I believe, played 70 and 71 games. So they have way more. Well, I mean, obviously Boston has the President's Trophy, so right. they're definitely going to win that tiebreaker hands down, you know, because they have the most points. But if Philadelphia can move up in that little bracket tournament, that can be nothing but good for us. Right. Okay. And and once we figure out who's going to be the seeds, once we go through that little best of five series, because we're not going to know. Right. We're not going to know who that is until their games are, are done. Right. So that's going to be tough. It's going to be an interesting year end of year for this for the 2019-20 season but then we're going to go almost immediately into the 2021 season that's going to be an interesting transition but again that's another show we should talk about that at another show yeah no i agree um yeah, uh, yeah. so because of handing the cup out so late in the year and right. then having a little bit of a break and then starting training camp and then starting the next um season the uh 20 2020 uh the 2021 season um will be delayed start but but they're okay with that um i I, everything that i've read from what bateman has said the the commissioner the nhl commissioner gary bateman has said that they have no problems with starting the season late 
Right. I mean, they have no choice, really. Right. So. And they really have no choice. If they, want to, if they want to award the Stanley Cup this year, they have no choice but to start the season late. So, I mean, you know. And, you know, that, that actually ties in perfectly to what we – the Flyers updates, the hub cities that we talked about, and now we've talked right into the round-robin matchup. So I think we've put a really good – stamp on that one yeah i think that was a great there was a lot of great points that were made um in there you know i think that was really good okay i'm sorry i just wanted to say that i just i just thought we did that really well okay so the next thing i have on my list she has a list I have oh a list. I'm boy the list. Um, wait hold on before you get into your list yeah um, there is another announcement that i would like to make and this may be on your list or may not be, but, and this is kind of a very sad kind of thing on the list because of the coronavirus and everything. Um, it's the cancellation of the Hall of Fame game. Right. And the cancellation, or I'm sorry, the postponement of the induction ceremonies. Right. So all ceremonies, all preseason games, um, everything that was involved in the Hall of Fame weekends, plural, weekends, because there were two, they were going to have the normal ceremonies the weekend of the 7th of August. That was going to include the Hall of Fame game between the Pittsburgh Steelers and, and the Dallas Cowboys. That game has also been canceled. The induction ceremony for the Millennial Class, which was supposed to happen the weekend of September 19th, has also been canceled. Thank goodness other things haven't been canceled on September 19th so far. So far. But, so yeah, that's the, that's the big announcement from the NFL. Um, so far as we know, everything else is on track, but uh, those particular things have been canceled. Um, I... I did look into that, and um, Troy, I love Troy Polamalu. I really do. He is always just the, the sweetest, like, he's always so soft-spoken for being such a maniac on the field. I mean, you know, they didn't call him the Tasmanian Devil for nothing, but, but yeah, yeah. He he's just so nice, you know? Yeah, yeah, he does so, have that personality of such a nice guy because he's so soft-spoken. Right. So his tweet about the cancellation was, what's another year compared to eternity in bronze? In all seriousness, I am grateful and blessed for this honor and look forward to the celebration along with my brothers. Hashtag, headed to the hall, see you in 2021. Exactly, yeah. And Bill Cower came out with uh, a tweet of his own. Yes, he did. Saying that he very much supports what the Hall of Fame has done, um, and he very much feels that it's um, in the best interest of safety uh, to uh, make sure that everyone is safe and that um, although he is sad by, uh, you know, not being able to, to, to take part in things this year, um, he said that he is very grateful and, and will be seeing us next year. Right, exactly. So, yeah, I mean, you know, and... Uh, I also did read a tweet from Donnie Schell saying that he also is in support of uh, cancellation of the Hall of Fame ceremonies um, in, in the uh, ire of safety uh, and to make sure that everybody stays safe. Right. I mean, you can't 
fault people for wanting to not take a chance when you don't need to. I mean, I know there's a lot involved, and, and, and unfortunately, it's the world we live in right now, so. Yeah, and and if, if they feel that it's in the best interest of safety to to do that, I, I'm for that, and, and I don't have a problem with them making that announcement. What they have also done is come out and made the announcement that the Hall of Fame ceremonies and the Hall of Fame game will be conducted next year in August of 2021 where they will do a combination weekend uh, where I believe that there will still be a Hall of Fame game that will be between the Pittsburgh Steelers and the Dallas Cowboys. Yes, they're guaranteed that they're not going to to change that. Right. That is definitely going to take place. They're also going to have, I believe, um, in a three-day weekend where you're going to have Friday is going to be the induction of the uh, 2020 normal uh, or regular uh, induction ceremonies for the 2020 class. The one that would have taken place in August. Yes, the 2020 class uh, will happen on the Friday, and then Saturday will be the special millennial class of 2020. And then Sunday will be the regular induction class of 2021. Right. So um, that's how that is. That's how they're going to handle that. Um, it is very sad that the the game has been canceled and that the ceremonies have been canceled. That was something that we were <laughs> planning or trying to. We were thinking get, about uh, going. Thinking about going to 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 at least one of them. Right. Uh, you know, because uh, we are going to be welcoming. Um, a plethora of Pittsburgh Steelers into the Hall of Fame this this next coming cycle uh, with Donnie Shell being part of the Millennial Group and also Coach Bill Cower and Troy, uh, uh, Coach Bill Cower being part of the Millennial Group. Oh, I'm sorry. Uh, and then Troy Palomalu being part of the regular uh, induction um, group. So that's three Pittsburgh Steelers now being inducted into the Hall of Fame. Um, so you can't go wrong with that. Right. Not, not by any stretch of the word. Speaking of the Pittsburgh Steelers. By the way, the the Pro Ho- Ho- Football Hall of Fame is calling it twice the fun in 21. Okay, there you, hey, there you go. So, speaking of the NFL and some updates, um, training camps are about a month away. Right. Okay. Um, traditionally, Pittsburgh has their camp in Latrobe at St. Vincent College. That usually happens uh, the last weekend of July, starting around the 27th, 28th, or 29th, um, and then going into the start of the season. Um, however, uh, the NFL has made the announcement that those training camps will no longer take place outside of the team's training facilities, meaning that all training camps are going to happen now in the team's home cities. So, uh, meaning that the Pittsburgh Steelers will have their training camp at Heinz Field. Right. And then the UPMC training facilities uh, in Oakland and, and um, outside of Oakland and wherever else they have their, the UPMC complex. Right. Uh, is where they also have their training facilities is there too. So, um, and then other teams will have to do the same thing. They will have their training camps at their stadiums. Right. Mike Tomlin said it checks a lot of the boxes. The grass surface is great. There's ample space to apply social distancing. Yep. 
Um, the locker room space at the Heinz Field um, is it's his largest with 6,000 square feet of locker room for the Steelers, followed by Pitt's 4,600 square feet um, locker rooms, and then the two visiting locker rooms. So right. they're set up, I think, better than they would be at St. Vincent's. Which is one of the reasons why I believe that they were considering Pittsburgh as a hub city because... For the NHL? Yeah, because even though... They don't have ice surfaces all over the city. They have plenty of facilities to house teams. Right. You know, so that was probably why they were considered a hub city. I mean, there's ice rinks all over Pittsburgh, but they're not downtown. Right. <laughs> so, you know. But, yeah. So, all right. I like that. That's going to be cool, seeing the... The training camp from Heinz Field. Right. You know, that's going to be cool. And hopefully that'll lead to testing of allowing fans. Exactly. You know, because if they have training camp there at the... Because normally at St. Vincent College, that's a huge draw. I mean, tens of thousands of fans come to that place for training camp. Right. And it's open to the public, most of it. Like, 80% of, of the scheduled training camp there is open to the public. Well, they always have fan day and, and family day. Yeah, but I mean, just normally. Yeah. Just to go there to normally just watch training camp normally is open to the... They have stands built on the fields there so you can sit in the stands and watch training well, yeah. camp. So, I mean... <laughs> Okay. <laughs> so, here's some questions about going into the new NFL season that I have. I'm going to read you a quote by Mike Tomlin and then ask you a question. Um, no question that we as coaches will have less tools for the evaluation process just in terms of volume. The number of snaps will be significantly less you also have to acknowledge that there's an element of teaching that has been lost in the virtual offseason, and that could affect the competition, at least in the initial stages. So here's my question. How is the quarantine and the cancellation of, of or not the cancellation, but the virtual training that they've done, that's going to take away from the rhythm that teams usually try to create that feeling of teamwork how how do you see that affecting it it's going to be a serious learning curve with teams coming back because you don't have that every day with the same guy you don't have that hand in the dirt next to that guy you're not sweating next to that guy. That guy's not sweating next to you. You know what I mean? And and you're not out there fighting for the same goal. Okay? So, look, I have a very basic, simple philosophy. And that's why I have a hard time with some of the new rules that they're trying to put into place. But the best way to be good at football is to play football. 
<laughs> the best way to learn how to tackle somebody is to tackle somebody. The best way to learn how to catch the football is to have somebody throw you the football. Right. You can't do that sitting on a desk or in your barca lounger or your beanbag chair. <laughs> you know, or your snoodle out in the pool on your laptop or your tablet. You, you, you know, you can't get that from there. So th that's going to be. That's the other thing, too. Because of that, what kind of injuries are we going to potentially be looking at? Because That's another these, good point. These players have only been doing unsupervised working out. I mean, there's no trainers involved for the most well, part. Well, I mean, there are professionals, and, and you would think that they would at least be in game shape by the time they got to training camp. But due to the quarantine, not all players have facilities in their homes that's true you know. to do workouts or facilitate whatever whatever and you know that, that that's and that's the other, the other thing they came to with the nhl too because and not all nhl players have ice hockey rinks at their house so most of the guys have this is the longest that they've gone without skating their whole lives Right, because like you start early. And yeah, hard. you know, yeah, you start when you're like five, six years old, and, and then you pretty much are skating your whole life. You know, and so this is the longest guys have gone without skating. So, going, missing the, missing the OTAs and the mini camps. I don't think it's going to be that big of a deal. Okay. I think if we start missing training camp, that's going to be a big deal. Do you think that if, because we are starting to see a bit of a resurgence of COVID, that we're going to lose the NFL season? All right now the NFL has to do is sit back and watch. They're not playing games. They're not scheduled to play games. They don't have to worry about anything until September 9th. Right. Okay? So... They're probably just sitting back and just watching how things go. Yes, there's been a bit of a resurgence um, in COVID cases uh, as far as positive cases, but I believe that's due to the number of testing being done, and we're also not seeing necessarily the, the number of deaths going up. We are seeing some hospitalizations going up because COVID is a respiratory disease or a respiratory virus or whatever. So, yeah, I think we're seeing that, but we're not seeing the deaths. Okay, so, but... I mean, that's... Right. I do think, though, that missing the OTAs and missing the mini camps, especially for the rookies, especially for teams that have had a lot of turnover, that have had a lot of free agents come in, that have had a lot of guys that have left. You know what I mean? So we really haven't had that much turnover. That's going to be an advantage for the Steelers this year because we are kind of we're coming back with some a lot of the same players and uh, our defense was a lot of teams are coming back yeah. like we are though too there's quite a few teams coming back like we are that haven't really lost a lot of guys and have been able to replace guys that they did lose with comparable talent right so <laughs> 
they're going to be starting the same way we're starting, where we the guys that we've lost, okay, but we've gained guys that are, I believe, on relatively the same level or maybe potentially even a little better um, than the guys that we lost or that have retired or, you know, whatever. So you are going to see a bit of that, but I think as long as we have training camp. We got to get to that point. Yeah, and you're seeing guys now already where whether it's quote-unquote allowed or not are working out with other teammates. Tom Brady's been doing it in Florida. Russell Wilson's been doing it. So, I mean, there's there's other – I've seen Lamar Jackson's been doing it. So, Yes, we've seen how Lamar Jackson practices. Yeah, I'm tripping over water skis or jet <laughs> skis or whatever, but but they're doing it. Right. And whether or not it's sanctioned or not, they're still doing it. It's because they know the importance of exactly what's going on. And the only way to get better is to practice with and be with. And so you make a very excellent point about the fact that this could potentially hurt teams. But I think the teams that are going to be hurt the most are going to be the teams that have had the most turnover. And I don't think that that's going to be – that's just how it's going to be. The teams with the most turnover is just – that's how I, that's how I feel it's going it, to be. It makes sense because they're going to have to start almost like from the beginning because they got all new people in and they got to um, – speaking of new people. Coaches that are new to teams get an extra week ahead of time. Oh, do they? I did not know that. Well, I don't know if that's going to be in place this time. Because normally they get to go to training camp a week early. Okay. If they are a new coach to a team or the first time coaching a team or whatever the case is, um, that's that's usually how that goes. Or I think they also allow teams that if they're going to the Hall of Fame game, they get to go in a week early too. I do so. know that if they're going to the Hall of Fame game and they do get that extra week. Yeah, so... But I, because that game was canceled, so that means we're not getting that extra week. I, so. think, we, uh, I think we are, but that's No, okay. we're not going to get the extra week. If the game was canceled, You're not gonna get we're game. not going to get the extra week. Yeah. Okay. So here's my trivia question for – I have th- three trivia questions for you. Okay. So we're going to we're, we're do a trivia question here. So we're going to have Steel Flyers versus Nice right. on, on the trivia questions. All right. Here we go. You ready? Yep. There are two retired jerseys in the um, Pittsburgh Steeler history. Who are the two players that retired their jerseys? Oh, wow. I know one of them. I definitely know one of them. That would be uh, Mean Joe Green? Correct. Okay. Here's, an extra, here's a bonus. Hold on, hold on. Um, the other one. Oh, man. Is it Hoke? No. Ernie Stout. Ernie Stout. Yeah. Stoutner is what. Stoutner. Yeah. What's the number? Seventy. Seventy. Okay. And what was Mean Joe Green's number? Seventy-five. There you go. Okay. So I was half right on that. So, so I get a point and you get a point. Right. I figured you'd get Joe Green, but. So here's your second question. Well, he was actually. He was actually only the second jersey. 
to ever be retired right. by the Steelers. That's the question. So, yeah, I mean, gee, the fact that he was only the second jersey ever to be retired. Right. So, <laughs> okay. So, we know that the Steelers were are started in 1933. What was their first winning season? How long did it take them to get to a winning season record? You mean like the like the first time they ever like right the first okay. time their first se- first winning season yeah uh, I'm gonna go with the uh, 1972 season it was uh, a little earlier than that a little earlier than that really well okay a lot earlier than that okay the, go ahead lay it on me it was 1942 they ended with a season record of seven and four wow okay and what what season was that 1942 1942. Wow, and that was under the Steelers' name? That's They had not become the Steagles yet. Okay. All right. Wow. I. That's the only other winning season <laughs> from the time they started until 1972. Mm-hmm. Am I correct? I don't know that one offhand, uh, okay, but, but I can I'm look that sure one up. Okay, but I'm pretty sure that's the case. So go ahead. This one's a... So I believe that's... Uh, so I believe that's now um, niece is two, and I'm and and I'm one. You're one and a half. All right. So Steel Fire's one and a half. Niece is two. Okay. So here's my last question. Who was the first Steeler elected into the Hall of Fame? It is a bit of a trick question. The first Steeler elected into the Hall of Fame. Wow, man. See, I'm making his brain work. It the, is. The steam is coming out of his ears. <laughs> it's like she's taxing the brain. I really want to go with... Uh, I really want to go with Joe Green, but... I'm probably going to be wrong. You are wrong. Yeah, okay. So the first Steeler elected to the Hall of Fame was Art Rooney in 1964 because he was the founder and the administrator of the Steelers. Okay. See, I told you it was a bit of a trick question because okay. it wasn't the first player. Okay. It the was the first Steeler. Steeler. Do, you, do you see this kind of petty larceny? You're <laughs> what, what is this? Why? <laughs> that is my trivia questions for today. Oh man, I'll tell you what. That that's just so wrong. I oh, man. See, I, I Okay, well so she Alright, so you got me on that one. Okay, so it's it's three to one and a half. Right. So I totally lost on that one, so maybe next time I'll do a little better. Maybe. Maybe. I like making them hard and watching the steam come out of your ears. <laughs> See, the problem is that he's always right. And I like picking questions where he doesn't know because then he's not right <laughs> all the time. All right. And on that, we're going to say goodnight and we're going to say adieu and we're going to say thank you for joining us. And Tune in next time because we're going to be talking about the Steelers' first four games. And we might even get into the draft. 
um, the picks that the Steelers made in the draft for 2020. That would be so. Yeah, we have we've got a lot of lot of NFL to get into, and a lot of NHL to get into, and Formula One Yay. is coming back. So stay tuned for the next Steel Flyers podcast. <laughs>